Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch, Eric Steven. We're here to talk the Dodgers, who this looks like a good team all of a sudden. Yeah, um, we, we were talking about this a little bit last week where they were at some point after a couple of losses in a row to the Padres, they were down to third place in the, or I guess tied for second, but like didn't have the tiebreaker. So, but now all of a sudden they have the best record in baseball and um, yeah, they were the, they're the first to 20 wins uh, and, you know, in a 60 game season, they, they haven't yet played half their games. So uh, that's always a good sign. Um, so yeah, they're, they're doing pretty well. It's it's good to see the sort of team that we were expecting. I think, granted, it, it helps when you're playing the Mariners. That that helps uh, a bit. But again, like the team just kind of cohesively looks good. Um, less slumping going on. Still some going on. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some resurgent starting pitchers. Um, we've got trivia uh, that I'm going to be embarrassed at. We've got uh, all the returning stuff. Questions from Craig. Dodgers rewind. Uh, I think I think I have trivia questions for you. So, but you're better at those uh, than I am. And yeah, we're just going to catch up and uh, kind of a normal week, kind of the first normal week we've had, where if, like something not something critical or breaking we had to talk about. I'm I'm knocking on wood right now. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. I, but literally, Mookie Betts has my... been traded to the Padres. <laughs> <laughs> my, t- my my table is made of wood, so I'm literally knocking on wood. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to talk about all that after this. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. So again, it's, this feels really weird to have kind of a normal, no huge news week, and just catching up on a full week of baseball. Uh, what were your What were your main takeaways from last week of action? So, like the early going, like the the Dodgers still to this day, and they won't until um, uh, next Sunday at the earliest. Uh, they won't have a pitcher start on four days rest. Uh, they've all had extra rest every every time. Uh, a couple times they've slotted in uh, Tony Gonsolin as a sixth starter um, to uh, help that because they just had a stretch of – they're ending it tomorrow. We're recording this on Saturday. The Dodgers end a stretch of uh, 17 days in a row with a game that's their longest uh, stretch of the year. Um, Gonsolin started twice in there. Then they he has a zero ERA in his three starts, and they optioned him after the, after the start. Like it was one of those like you could see it coming, but then you're like, why? Why are they doing this? Um, but uh, yeah, so but the starters like generally like they haven't gone deeper into games. Like for one thing, they've been using 
you know, a six pitcher uh, three times at least. Um, but also, right as of right now, no Dodgers qualify for the ERA title because nobody has pitched uh, at least an inning a game. Dustin May tonight, um, if he pitches five innings, he'll qualify for the leaderboard tomorrow. He would need an every extra inning gives him an extra day on the leaderboard before his next start. So uh, it's a weird year for sure. Um, but that said, uh, the like the top the top of the rotation. Uh, is looking very good. Uh, Walker Bueller was mostly bad uh, in his uh, first four starts, and, and Clayton Kershaw was good in two of his starts, and like not so good in another. He allowed three home runs. Uh, kind but of like, Clayton Kershaw, not so good, right? Kind right, of what right. Come to expect. Yeah. And, and, but anyway, both of them had like sort of. Uh, Bueller doesn't have a, I guess, a vintage yet. He's still sort of young enough to to like build that. But like both of them had awesome starts back to back. They both struck out eleven. Uh, Kershaw in Seattle on uh, Thursday, and then Bueller against the Rockies on Friday. Uh, so a couple points. Um, uh, Kershaw. Uh, so he passed Don Drysdale on the Dodgers' all-time strikeout list. He's number two now, and he's seven away from twenty-five hundred. There's only been thirty-eight players. 38 pitchers in major league history to strike out 2,500. So that's, that's like a small, really small number. Um, but like, so in the game, um, Kershaw threw, I think I forgot the exact total, uh, his fastball. He only threw his fastball like a third of the time. Normally like he's roughly, he's 40% fastball, maybe like, uh, or maybe like 41 ish and then 37, 38% slider. So those two are basically equal, and then the rest are usually curveballs. On um, on Thursday, he was like a third of the time uh, fastball, and then like 45% of the time, I think, was slider, and he threw a bunch of curveballs too. Um, so he was really mixing, mixing it up, and he had a lot of called strikeouts on curveballs, and he had a lot of swinging strikeouts on the slider. Um, he was like – he was awesome. Like, it's just, there's no other way to say it. We talked a lot. Like, it's, it's so weird because, like, every start you're like, got to check that velocity. Make sure he's still got the velocity going. And, like, it, it, he's up, like, a mile and a half over last year. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but it kind of is because he declined in velocity, like, each of the last four years. He's not going to get back, like, his 94 days, uh, you know, in his prime. But, like, him at – like uh, a little bit under 92 miles an hour on average um, is is enough of a difference to make his other pitches pop. And when he's got like the slider and the curveball working, he's awesome. Like that, that's what he was against the, the Mariners. Um, so he had 19 swinging strikes in that game. That's the most he's had in three years. I believe the stat is um, he's thrown, I think it's 59 or 60 pitches at least 92 miles an hour this year whereas he had 20 all of last season. So, like, um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's, it's a great sign. Um, Bueller was, like, up and down. He only had recorded, like, two outs in the sixth inning in his first four starts. But then he was also the guy who, like, didn't throw as much during the um, the shutdown. You know, um, I guess it's, it's weirdly – it's weird how this is described. Bueller basically said – he only missed like a week. So he was doing like, like, I think probably the more equivalent of like off season throwing, just keeping his arm in shape, that kind of stuff. Whereas like uh, Kershaw, Wood, and I think Stripling, they were all kind of building up and doing bullpens such that when they started camp, they were basically like ready to go four or five. Um, so Bueller was uh, not that. And so in a way, when, when, summer camp opened like that was almost like reporting to a regular spring training. And sure enough, Friday was like the seven week mark of, from the beginning of camp. And that's roughly like first series of the year after like compared to when pitchers and catchers report in a normal year. So like it, it's kind of the start of the season and he, and he cut, he looked like it basically that he was, he was really good. He, he allowed only a run in six innings and struck out 11. Uh, he didn't walk anybody, uh, and so that was like, that's a really good sign because I think we saw last year, like he started game one in the NLDS, I believe. Uh, who knows what's going to happen between now and then. It's basically who's, who's ever pitching well, but I suspect, I mean, it's going to be Kershaw and Bueller in some order in game one and two. 
uh, any like pretty much no matter what, like in the playoffs. So having those two like where they're at now, that's a good sign. Uh, my favorite though last night was right after the game. Bueller was sort of talking about what it felt like to, you know, sort of turn things around or, or like people were like talking about how Mark Pryor mentioned it earlier in the week. Dave Roberts mentioned it. Like he, Bueller's like getting there. He's making like little strides, but he just hadn't put it together yet. But he finally did. But so Bueller after the game last night, his quote was, I was just kind of tired of being shitty, to be honest. And then he paused for a second <laughs> and he goes, sorry for the language. <laughs> Uh, so that was really good. What's interesting about all of this is it's kind of what I don't want to say we've come to expect by Walker Peeler because yeah. he hasn't been uh, that consistently like like he's had longer good streaks and shorter bad streaks, but he's kind of been streaky over the last couple of years. But when he turns it on, it's it's this, and we've also come to expect to swear and then apologize oh, yeah. for swearing. <laughs> he and well and like he has the highest like gear right of the of the whole staff, I think like, or at least, uh, uh, or maybe that he can get to the highest level. Mm-hmm. Like I think more so than any of the others. Um, although they all like May and Gonsolin, especially have really impressed, like, like Gonsolin's hit like 98 in like the fifth and sixth inning. Um, and may has like a, a ridiculous, like 99 mile an hour pitch that moves like a foot, uh, which shouldn't be legal, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. Uh, that that's sort of that was sort of the highlight for me. Like this last week, uh, we we also saw um, uh, the, for the first time a the battle of the Seegers. Uh, I don't yeah, know. no, that was I think that was certainly the sort of the easy storyline going into that series, yeah. and it was it was cool to see it actually deliver. The narrative doesn't always do that, so yeah, that's true. Like so, they they played. This is such a weird year. Like. So they played two. They played four games. The first two were in LA. The next two were in Seattle. Uh, every uh, West team uh, this week did that with with some matchup team in the interleague play. So like the Angels played the Giants, and they were all two in one city, two in the other. So the way interleague play works is 20, the twenty games is broken down. Um, well, especially when it's within your like your area, you have your quote unquote natural rival. Even though not every team has one, they they sort of assign one if they don't. Um, but uh, you play that team six times, then you play two of the teams in a three game series, and you play two of the other the other two teams four times. And in a normal year, you split the they split it up two and two, um, with the idea that you know you want to play have everyone obviously play the same number of home and road games. That's gone a little bit wide the wayside this year because of like the, the COVID like suspensions and stuff, even though that hasn't hit out West yet, but in a year where they're like, they wanted to reduce travel. That's why they're playing West versus West central versus central mm-hmm. East versus East. It doesn't make a lot of sense to do these like two game series. Like they, they flew up to Seattle um, for two games and then flew right back home to, to play. Like they could have played all four games in either LA or Seattle. The, the same thing goes with the Dodgers Astros series. They could have worked it out where, they they still would have played those two teams like you know four games at home four games on the road it may have not been matched up individually uh but like the total number of games would have worked out like in this i think they could have made an exception there just to reduce travel and then if we're talking about that they, they could have also had every um divisional opponent play like two five game series uh instead of uh wanting to keep all the three and four game series they have it's all weird i don't know it's I can't figure out why MLB does stuff sometimes, but what we got was a, a two-city Seager tour, um, <laughs> w- which was kind of fun. The first game was a slugfest, and in which both uh, Kyle and Corey homered. Uh, that was that was kind of fun. Um, so they uh, they were the tenth uh, set of brothers to homer in the same game. The first time since um, 2001 that uh, brothers homered for opposing teams. Felipe and Cesar Crespo in 2001 was the last. Uh, so for the four games, uh, Corey went four for 13, homer double walk, drove in four, scored twice. He didn't even play Thursday. He got a day of rest. Um, Kyle Seeger played all four games. He was five for 13, so he won up his brother. He had two homers uh, to Corey's one, also doubled. He walked four times, drove in three, scored four. His home run uh, Thursday was the only run off Clayton Kershaw. 
Um, and I think that was in the fourth inning, I want to say. And uh, it was on a slider. And Kershaw talked about, like, early in the game, he got a lot of curveball strikeouts early. Um, and he couldn't get – he wasn't quite working with slider. But then um, he, after the Seager home run, he said he sort of, like, like I don't know how he figured it out, but he figured out something with slider. And then the next inning, he struck out all three batters on sliders. Um, so including uh, Shed Long was the – um, the milestone moment where he passed Don Drysdale, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, that, that's that, that's what's, what's sort of going on right now. So after two weeks, I think, speaking of uh, uh, our Seager, the Dodgers Seager, uh, pretty clearly the Dodgers MVP. Um, Bellinger was struggling, still kind of struggling, coming out of that a, a little bit. And Mookie Betts was, I, I, hard to say struggling, but wasn't putting up the sort of numbers we were expecting. That's turned around. Is is Mookie Betts your Dodgers MVP, even despite the fact that Corey Seager is still hitting the tar out of the bar, ball? Yeah, he's bar. hitting the, the, <laughs> the bad. tar out of the ball. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, Seager is still doing very well. But, like, Betts has just sort of surpassed him, like, his offensive numbers are, um, you know, better at right now. Um, they're both hitting uh, 294 uh, right now, so that's that's kind of fun. But like, uh, Betts has higher on base, higher slugging, more home runs, more RBIs, more doubles. He's scored more runs. Like, uh, he's walked more. Like, he he has played more too, which which factors into it. Seager was hurt uh, more often than Betts was. Uh, so like that's, that's definitely part of it. Also, if you look, I think I haven't looked today at the fielding Bible numbers, but like, uh, not that it's, you know, end all be all for, uh, defensive stats, but, mm-hmm. uh, Mookie Betts was like at or near the top in defensive runs saved. I think Kike was like right near the top two. Um, but like you're, I think he's like around a plus six right now. Whereas I think, uh, Kike was maybe maybe a seven ish. So like that's the like best in the majors type stuff. Uh, so like awesome defense combined with the hitting and like, uh, Oh yeah. And he's also a hitting coach on the side. Like uh, <laughs> it's, this is like a weird, weird thing. So like Austin Barnes um, sort of been the, the whipping boy a little bit, I would say uh, for the Dodgers offense the last couple of years. Cause he really, he the was awesome. Whipping boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome in 2017. Like, uh, you know, so much so that he took over the catching duties in the playoffs. Even though Yasmani Grandal was like the clear starter, um, but Barnes was great uh, that year as a hitter. Like, just all around, he got on base. He did just about everything you ask. Um, but he just hasn't really done much offensively. That said we're talking about like that, like as a backup catcher, completely like, uh, respectable. He's also like one of the best at framing in, in baseball. So that's obviously worth, worth something And the, the Dodgers like rave about how he actually, you know, manages the staff, that kind of stuff. And it's not just the framing, like it's, you know, how you receive, like how you're calling pitches, things like that. He's really good at the stuff they want their catchers to do. Um, which is why, like, I always, like, everyone always wanted to, like, you know, just kick him to the curb. But it's like, A, backup catchers don't really hit well. And if you provide what he does on defense, like, that's worth having around almost if he doesn't hit. But he's starting and, to hit. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it was that uh, at in uh, 2018 at times, Yasmani Grandal was also the whipping boy. Mm-hmm. It was also struggling. So he, there was times where like, well, we'll just do the thing we did in 17, make Austin Barnes the starter. And then he wasn't performing. And then last year, you know, we, when we went into the, our little off season review, we didn't know if Will Smith or uh, Kbert would be called up at all. So I think there was a lot of weight on his shoulder to be maybe, maybe not a starter, but more than a backup. Oh, last year for, he was, yeah, he was. Yes. I mean, well, last he, year, he yes, was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, but, and then also there's this, the weird part about this year, too. I think Will Smith is like clearly their like starting catcher. Um, but because of the short ramp up, and I don't think they didn't want to overwork their catchers this year because, I mean, I know it's a shorter season, but 
last season, like Will Smith, outside of his walk-off home run that wasn't in uh, the in Game Five against the Nationals, uh, didn't really do much down the stretch and in the in the postseason. So, like they didn't want him to wear down, and uh, so for like the almost four weeks into the season, they didn't have a catcher start on consecutive days. So they were really splitting time mostly. They would uh, on days off. They'd have Will Smith catch the day before and the day after. So he had a slight advantage. But then he's been on the um, injured list uh, with the sore neck. He's actually uh, scheduled to come off tomorrow after the minimum ten day stay. So, um, but anyway, Barnes has hit. He had a uh, eight game hitting streak. It's career high. Um, he was. Um, uh, what was it? Thir- yeah, thirteen for twenty-seven during the streak. He even homered the game that Mookie Betts homered three times. Barnes homered in that game. Uh, again, uh, cruel irony. I didn't see it because that was the night my cable and internet went out. Um, so you may, I'm going to be a Barnes homer truther at some point. Like <laughs> I didn't actually see it, so it didn't happen. Uh, but um, there was a point where, at some point, like I, I guess in the batting cage, uh, Mookie Betts went up to Barnes like unprompted. Uh, I mean, not a problem. People are talking all the time, but like just said, hey, you know, maybe what about doing this, this or this? And Barnes didn't really go into details, understandably, like doesn't want to give away the trade secrets, I guess. But it was more like he's he's feeling more confident at the plate now, basically. Um, but just I think he was really appreciative of just the the gesture more than maybe more so than the advice. Although I guess the advice helped, too. Um, so that, and like, it's been talked about a lot. Like Dave Roberts mentioned it. I was sort of hesitant to like make this as big, that big of a story or like, it's these stories are always interesting to me because there's a clear incentive for the Dodgers, for the announcer, for a lot of reasons to kind of overstate things like this, the the intangibles, but at the same time, and this is true of all, all sort of intangible things in baseball. It's so easy to overrate them, but at the same time they exist. I think all of us have been in either a work setting or a team setting where these little intangible things, if you don't like working for someone, it matters. If you like working for someone, it matters. So where to draw the line is always sort of an interesting riddle. Right. And another thing, it's like, it, I don't know. It's not, I guess, recency bias, but I think we're willing to talk ourselves into Mookie Betts doing everything, <laughs> everything. Like, so it's like, well, something went right for the night. Well, Mookie Betts probably had a hand in that, you know, like that the sort of thing. Tra- so, come, I mean, upcoming trade deadline. Mookie Betts is making the trade. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, He's no going to call some people. <laughs> well, of course it's easier to make the trade when that player who had to waive his trade, no trade clause, uh, did it to play with Mookie Betts. Yeah. So like, obviously, uh, but, and then the other thing is, on some level, too, you don't want to like dismiss, um, like Austin Barnes is still doing the hitting, right? Like, it's like mm-hmm. if I felt bad because Barnes hasn't really hit for two years, and then the one time he has like a decent offensive stretch, everyone's <laughs> like, Man, Mookie Betts, all right, like you know, that, that felt kind of bad. So, like, but then at the other, the other sort of other side of that is, look, if we're being honest, it's Barnes has a six at a 632 Babbitt during the streak, so like. That's not going to hold up. Obviously, even as it stands, Barnes has good offensive numbers now, uh, but his uh, expected batting average is 216. His, his expected slugging is 330 based on his batted ball data. So, like, look, like, let's just cool our jets, right? Like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a good streak. It's certainly uh, he feels more confident at the plate. So, like, it's working. Like, and that that's perfectly fine. I don't think it necessarily means that like Barnes going forward is going to be a great hitter, but it's nice that he's finally actually getting results after two years of mostly not. So that's, that's been like a a nice positive uh, for him because like clearly like the team likes what he brings to the team uh, defensively and other things. So any offense he can provide is great. So like, I don't want to like discount that, but like, that's, that's sort of where we're at with that. But it was a good, it was a good about, week and a half or so for Barnes and and good for him uh we mentioned it uh, while talking about catchers we should mention here what we led our uh episode last week into Caper Ruiz coming up and looking pretty good yep uh, we recorded last week I think just a couple hours before his major league debut they called him up Saturday and then they started him Sunday um I suspect he'll start again today where we, they haven't uh, revealed the lineups yet but he, he caught Dustin May in that one. He's probably going to catch Dustin May again tonight. But uh, and then and probably be the one who goes uh, to back to USC. 
when they activate Will Smith on Sunday, but uh, his his week was really good. Uh, his first at bat, uh, he homered. He's a switch hitter. He was he hit left handed. He homered off Julio Turan of the Angels, and you know for for like the I don't know it all. I I know I did it for like all the debuts last year, but for the most part, um, I, I I was I tweet something. Every time a Dodger like is in their major league debut and they don't homer, I'll tweet something of the that's roughly similar to, well, Gary Ingram can pop that champagne because uh, <laughs> he, he he was the last Dodger to hit a, a home run in his major league uh, first major league at bat, and it, that was back in 1994, and sort of it's sort of my go-to like joke, and I was planning to do it again, and the next thing I know, uh, Ruiz like just blasted a ball into the the right field seats. So um, good for him. He was the seventh um, Dodger to Homer in his first at bat. Um, so he also started Wednesday in Seattle. Uh, he picked off a runner at third with a really strong throw. Although I think too, part of it was that I forgot the runner who exactly the runner was, but he was so far off third that almost anyone would have picked him off. But I just remember uh, Ruiz's throw was excellent, so that was something worth remembering. But yeah, it was a good like welcome to the big leagues moment for him, um, which leads me to some trivia for you. Oh boy! Actually, it does not. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I in my head, I was thinking these were related, but I forgot. It's it's, it's related to something later, and we can just pretend that I know what I'm talking about for okay. a moment. Um, but. Uh, Let's, what's the segue here? Cameron Ruiz was was watching from the dugout on Friday, uh, and uh, well, this is just expert segueing here. Um, but uh, so Walker Bueller Friday night uh, with Cameron Ruiz giving his emotional support from the stands uh, struck out eleven and walked zero. It was the sixth uh, career game for Bueller with eleven uh, strikeouts and no walks. So, you know, eleven or more. Um, all of them since the start of last year. He's the third in Dodger history with uh, at least uh, six games. And there have been 56 total games in Dodger history with 11 strikeouts and no walks. Uh, nine pitchers have more than one such game. How many of the other eight uh, pitchers with multiple 11-0 games uh, can you name? I will let you know after this. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The benchmark I'm trying to hit is 11 strikeouts, no walks, uh, and the uh, the Dodgers that have more than six? No, more than one. Okay. Yeah, more than one. Yeah. There's only two that have more than... You're not going to tell me who those are? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, they're, 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 in, my, in my opinion, they are free... They're free spots on the bingo card for you. Like yeah. you, you should know uh, okay. who they are. So yeah, no, this is this is interesting because it's basically name good Dodger pitchers. <laughs> which, which I mean, I yeah. wonder. I'm curious. Um, looking if you're looking at the list, how many odd balls do you would you classify on that list? Okay, so I would say one to two. Okay. Now, and also as I'm looking at this list, I almost should have asked you. Can you name the pitchers with one of these games? Because <laughs> there's a lot more oddballs on that, and it's kind of fun. Okay, sorry. Uh, so I'm just going to name good Dodger pitchers. Um, yep. And we'll go from there. So I I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I wrote down eight names, and I'm going to read them all. 
Yep. Um, and there's eight possibilities. I'm not clearly some of these are wrong. Uh, give me an over under. Okay, so I think I think let's see one two three four. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. I, I, this feels like an insult, but I'm going to say you'll get four. Okay. I, I was setting my over under to four and a half. I'm going to give yeah. myself the over. Let's let's nice. do this. Yeah. Don Sutton. Yes, he had two games. Why? He, I would have thought more. Uh, Don Drysdale. Yes, he had three. Sandy Koufax. He had seven. <laughs> Good Lord. Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> he has 15. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he lost two of those games, by the way. Uh, Kevin Brown. No. Okay. Uh, I just wait. Let me look. He did does he not have, have. He did not have one. Okay. Hideo Nomo. Hideo Nomo only had one. Okay. Uh, Fernando Valenzuela. Fernando had zero. He was a he was a walker. Yeah, and like, and I the last three, including Nomo, I had some question marks. I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe in a blue moon here. Um, Hershiser. Hershiser had zero. Okay, uh, See, I, I would have. I had him pinned at one. Like he's act one out. I I have to look. I'm I'm certain he hit eleven strikeouts, but maybe not a ton. So, but just maybe he just probably well, just walked a guy. You know, in those. You, being the trivia expert, got the trivia question right on how many would I get right. You got four. I got four. Um, so when you said when you said Kevin Brown, I got excited because one of the names on the list is Kevin Gross. Okay. One of the great after Sutton Drysdale after the Hall of Famers, I just say Kevin yeah. Gross. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh god, that's funny. Um, so Kevin Gross had um, he had two games, and I'm looking this up because I wasn't, I didn't think to think about this before. Uh, so he his no hitter was 1992, and I'm looking up to see if that was one of the games. Um, uh, but it was no, it's not. He walked. Of course, he would. It would have been a perfect game if he had walked zero. So yeah. That's a dumb part on my. I'm just just <laughs> nailing it today, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, so Kevin Gross had two. Um, the more okay. So the the there's the one I thought you might get mm-hmm. was Chad Billingsley. Interesting. Wow. With, with with three, three games. He's uh, worthy of owning a jersey of. Yep, uh, I do. Um, so. Okay, the other, the other, actually, no, I guess the one I thought you might have gotten, I, that was more modern. But the one you, you might slash should have gotten maybe <laughs> was Dazzy Vance. Sure, Hall of Famer. Uh, led. Okay, I, I so, know strikeouts were down at the time, no, but he, no, he led I think the it's, I think the later trivia question is L.A. Dodgers, right? Yeah, I, I had, I was, yeah. I was focused on L.A. only. I yeah, like, that's fine. I, it's real. That's the that's a, one of the funny things about LA Dodger trivia question or excuse me Dodger trivia questions is that's always this switch that seems to be flipped about half the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's really easy to get asked a normal uh, all time question and then just focus in on the LA years because so often that's the case. Well, and also like if you, if you look back now, they are um, it's. They're they're coming up like in a few years where they they will have been in Los Angeles longer than Brooklyn. Yep. In the in the National League, um, so like that's crazy. And th- so they've already been here. This is their sixty third year in LA, which is a lot. Um, but yeah, so Dazzy Dance had three all in Brooklyn. Obviously, um, the other um, let's see one two three. Oh, so the other one you missed was the most modern uh, of those is Kenta Maeda. Okay, cool. Which which I did not remember, uh, but yeah, he had two games uh, of that. So yeah, good for him. Some of the um, oddballs: uh, Randy Wolf, Ismail Valdez had one. Uh, Jerry Royce always fun. Brett Brad Penny uh, had the fourteen strikeout game uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Nomo had the one. Van Lingle Mungo, which is always fun to say. Tim Leary. Um, and Bert Hooten, Zach Grinke had one game, but yeah, so th- that's a fun list. Uh, yeah, so th- but yeah, that's good. You did good. I- I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm proud I'm, of you. I'm I'm content. I think had I been thinking of 
all of Dodgers, I would have snuck uh, Dazzy in there. And I would have yeah. gotten five, so I was actually right. I, You know what? I agree with you. Yep, there we go. You got a Dodgers rewind for us? I do. And is this Dazzy is what Dance? I wish. Uh, this is what my segue was supposed to go into earlier in my in my head. In my head, this was all worked out. It was it was perfectly fine. Uh, so uh, Cameron Ruiz uh, homeward. Gary Ingram was the last one. So it, the fun part about this, you you kind of have to know um, the Dodgers media guide. used to mention this a lot. Um, it, they would list the players who homered in their first at bat. It, it, the media guides the last couple of years have gotten like trimmed down, so they don't have a. a they're not as robust. Uh, as what they used to be. Um, so it's harder to find stuff like this. But if you do a baseball reference search, like the, the most common, like uh, you're going to get like a, a hit probably a vast majority of the time if you're looking for someone in their first major league at bat to just search for their first major league game. Uh, and Gary Ingram, uh, he, he did not bat in his first major league game. His first at bat came in his second major league game which is which kind of screws up the search. So if you're going to look just look for batters who homered in their first major league game and then sort of sort through that to try to find the ones who hit hit the home run on the on the first at bat, that's how you uh, the last one you would have found was Jose Offerman um, who did it in 1990 against um, Dennis Martinez August 19th. So we just had the one, uh, 30 year anniversary this week of that. Um, he also singled in the third and the fifth inning in that game. He was third, three for five. Uh, he was a switch hitter. The home run was hit left-handed, and it's hard, it's easy to remember now because he, you know, he didn't really live up to it. But he was a big-time prospect at the mm. time. I remember a friend of mine had like, I th- I want to say like a hundred Jose Offerman rookie cards because this was like the back end of like. Um, um, baseball card like um overproduction and like everyone's like oh but i'm gonna make you know thousands of dollars off baseball cards and so he had so many jose offerman rookie cards and now they're worth nothing you know basically (laughs) and uh but anyway um he was the number 10 prospect before 1990 by baseball america number four going into 91 he didn't really play much in 91 in the majors he he filled in when alfredo griffin was injured a few times but he got like the regular starting job in 91 and 90 or excuse me in 92 and 93 uh what was interesting this week too uh so friday was the 30th anniversary of uh, uh, two days after offerman's debut the dodgers were up 11 to 1 in the eighth inning on the phillies they gave up two in the eighth and then nine in the ninth to lose um and uh like one of the like the great like comebacks or or blown leads in major league history i've been told you don't lose seven run leads no, exactly. In fact, yeah, that yeah, that's why you're not supposed to swing on a three-o pitch. We didn't even get into the Tatis stuff. That's just wild. But um, so in that game against the Phillies, Offerman's third major league game, two times, like one, like sort of before the rally really got like got out of control. Uh, there was a potential inning-ending double play at short, and Offerman booted it. And then later in the game, he also had a chance for an inning-inning double play and booted that. So two errors in the ninth. Philly scored nine. Um, so that year in 92, Offerman led baseball with 42 errors at short. Second place had 25. Um, he led with he led Major League Baseball with 37 errors the next year. Um, we talked about like Offerman before sort of tangentially on a Dodger Rewind Back in May, when we we talked about Rafael Bornegal, he was part of our um, major league team, or at least one of the candidates for it. Uh, when we did the, they did the all um, one war or less players with the Dodgers, um, Offerman in '94 was slumping so badly that they they sent him to the minors after like two full years and and other years uh, of major league time. They're just like, nope, you're not hitting well enough. Uh, and then they called up Bornegal to start like the last like 40 games of the year. Um, but anyway, back in, so he hits the home run in 1990. And that was his only home run that year. Uh, he, he, he didn't play too much. Uh, he didn't hit any home runs in 91 in his limited time. He hit one each in full seasons in 92 and 93. He never hit more than four home runs in a season with the Dodgers. His career high in home runs was nine. And he finished with 57 uh, career home runs. 
a couple notable things with the Dodgers. He led the majors with 25 sacrifice bunts in 1993. Uh, that's an LA Dodgers record. Um, I didn't look up to see who has, who has the Brooklyn record on this, but I just I just noted what a weird record to have. You're, like, you're yeah. not embarrassed by it, but nope. you're not exactly like, look at me. <laughs> what a what a selfless player. I was good at it, the yeah. thing they asked me to do, and I'm not good at the thing they want me to do. <laughs> yeah, he's excellent at making outs. But no, yeah, no, uh, so he made an All Star team with '95. That was his best year uh, with the Dodgers. He also made it in 1999 with the Red Sox as a second baseman. Uh, so he 87 OPS plus in parts of six seasons with the Dodgers, 94 career. The one thing he was really good at was getting on base, 360 on base. That 95 year, he had a 389 on base with the Dodgers, a 112 OPS plus, 2.6 WAR, but he only he only totaled 2.1 WAR with the Dodgers in six years, so not too well. He totaled 17 WAR in his career. Um, he led the majors in triples in 98 with the Royals, 99 with the Red Sox. Uh, but like after his playing days, or I guess after his major league days, there's like two sort of incidents that Offerman is remembered for. Uh, one in 2007 with the Long Island Ducks, um, he got hit by a pitch, I believe, uh, and uh, charged the mound with a bat. He bro- broke the finger of the pitcher who hit him, and he also hit the catcher in the head during the like um, during the melee. And uh, he got two years probation uh, in court with that, but he also lost a civil suit uh, to, uh, that was brought by the catcher, and he had to pay the catcher uh, $940,000 per uh, news reports there. Um, so, And then uh, fast forward to 2010 when he was managing in the Dominican Winter League, and like I saw the video of this. I, I don't, you could see the notes if you want to watch the video while I'm describing this. He got into an argument. And then just up and cold cocked the umpire, and he went down like a sack of rocks, man. And then he got banned. At the time, it said banned for life, but he ended up being banned for three years because he was back in the league like uh, after the three years were up. So quite an interesting uh, life and career for Jose Offerman. But, yeah, one of the more memorable moments, hitting a home run in his first at bat. Now, I will tell you, in those six years with the Dodgers – Mm-hmm. Uh, Offer, Offerman played 571 games at shortstop. Cool. That's fourth most in LA Dodgers history, as we talked about this earlier. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, how many of the other, uh, how many of the rest of the top five okay. in shortstop games with the LA Dodgers can you name? Uh, Dazzy Vance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number one. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, this this is the question that first because thinking in my era a lot of turnover at that position a lot yeah. of like two year stints um, which isn't going to cut it so I have to go on to and like the boys of summer I know you know I can I can rattle off a lot of names there uh, and so we we're in this like sixties seventies eighties Dodgers that like it, I think are the hardest questions for me to answer because even if I have I know some names and I have a name down uh, from that era. So many friends of mine either are older than me or grew up in a family of Dodgers fans, so they have yep. that kind of in, uh, in institutional knowledge that I yeah. don't have. So they're always really, I always am embarrassed when I miss some really obvious names, and I think I'm going to. But I have I have a couple names I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and then maybe you'll uh, we'll, we'll correct myself. I did notice I did not notice that it was top five. I thought you were just doing top four, so. Um, maybe I can tack another name on. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. How many, how, can you tell me how many games number five is? Uh, 553. So 18 okay. fewer than Offerman. Okay. I still think, never mind. I don't think that's going to help me. So you uh, look at this like just from a conceptual thing, it's basically like four years as yep. a starter. Yeah. Like roughly. Like, you know. And that's that uh, right. Like we're, yeah. So we'll, we'll, let's, uh, I'll say Bill <laughs> Russell. How about that? He is far and away yeah. number one. Yeah. <laughs> I would say number one, I think, is easy. Yeah. <laughs> then you get a bunch of these probably right around that. F- Seven, 550 seven, to... 1,746 <laughs> games at short. And But that's what actually one of the things that makes this hard is he he was there for so long. There's like only a few other names that uh, yeah. can come close. And I think I'm not going to get uh, get them. Um, uh, Ruffield for call was the other name I came up with. He's third. Okay. With six hundred and eight, 
Um, and that that I was I came up with a lot of short stop things, but none none that I am anywhere confident put up that many games. So you're gonna you're gonna embarrass me, I think. I, I was gonna if you wanted to hit I was gonna say you, you talked about like not having the institutional knowledge, but I was gonna advise you to lean on your era. Uh, to at least get one of the other ones. Um, so, do you do you have a a more modern guess you'd like to add? How modern? <laughs> this, am I, like, am I... like 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 a, a game you've certainly uh, seen in person as an adult. Man, who am I blanking on? Oh, Caesar is Turris. He is five fifty three. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and so. <laughs> Ooh, that I would have been sad if I had not gotten an act. Now, like in some level, like um, you could have said Corey Seager, and it's not like that far off. Because I looked at this because no, I did. So I, I admit I cheated on Corey Seager because I was yeah. pretty damn positive he wasn't. Because again, yeah. I was thinking top four. I'm like, no way he's at five fifty seven one. I don't think I would have cheated had I, I realized it would top five because I I knew he would be close yeah. but not there. Now, I, but then again, he. He is close, like close-ish, because he's four eighty-seven. Yeah, no, I, I knew he. I, I knew he was very, very close, but I did yeah. the math, and I'm like, there's no way after missing um, most of two seasons ago that he he's on this list. I don't know if he's sixth or not. I'm I'm going on this by um, the Dodgers media guide, which lists the top five in games. Excuse me, in games played at each position. So, um, like, for, well, just to give you an idea how how like how weird this can get. I just scrolled up just a little bit. Like Justin Turner is fourth in in LA Dodgers third baseman games, mm-hmm. but but Jeff Hamilton's fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so with three three hundred ninety games, by far the like lowest number on that list of. But yeah, so the, it's just funny how it sort of plays out that way. Oh, so the but the big name you, I don't want to say should have gotten, but the big name that was out there in terms of games played, Maury Wills. Sure. Um, yep. Uh, so four, 1,497. Exactly the kind of lot. name of yes. like that I hate to get wrong. No, I'm just looking at this list. So of like all these uh, positions. Now they just say out. They group outfield together as all the out, outfield positions. But uh, Willie Davis uh, is tops there. He's 1906, which makes sense. He he's like he played the most uh, games, um, but. Uh, so you have Maury Wills, 1497, Bill Russell, 1746. The only one with more games at a position than Maury Wills of this group is Eric Karros with 1,579 games. Uh, Garvey has 1,470 at first. Say has 1,468 at third. So there's a lot of like long-timers. Like Ethier and Kemp are two and three in Dodgers outfield games, which is kind of fun. Um and then again, not not trying to pull the pull a camp and jinx Mookie bets, but like playing for 12, 13 years in a city or with a team can get you pretty high on a lot of these lists. So, like just um, putting that out there, Mookie bets, it's there for the taking if you want to join these lists. Well, that was a good one. I like. I, I, yeah, I appreciate. Uh, I appreciated the hint on Caesar's Torres because I would have been sad I had not gotten that. So yeah, nice. Well, you know what time it is. Do you, do you? Uh, I, I have an idea. Three o two my time. That's one o two your time. But it's also time for with Jens and Greg. We love them. Before Craig moves to Eric's trivia questions, he uh, wants to know: Do you think Dodger fans take the greatness of Clayton Kershaw for granted? I mean, I, yeah. I so, so I, uh, sort I, of. I, I think I think so, I'm some certainly do, but. I feel like this is one player that the fans that I uh, I commune with and I follow on Twitter and all that, like most of them call still call it Kershaw Day, and they're they're they've uh, Clayton Kershaw. Like you and I should write like a long series about this of just like the the Dodger talk and the true blue LA era of following him. Uh, he's the guy, right? That we saw get drafted. We named him the Minotaur. Like with the the Public Enemy Number One video came up. It just like tracks our sort of prime kind of era as as Dodger fans. And I think most people I know, maybe not as intently as us Dodger talk nerds, um, but most of us realize what we have. And I think it's partnered next to the frustration that that this era of Dodger teams 
uh, and Clayton Kershaw have not won a World Series, especially after the cheating scandal came out. So that sort of mars it a little bit. But I think most of us, or at least a large number of us, do get it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I was leaning more toward, I guess I've just been reading comments too much uh, recently. I, that's and fair. So that, that's, that's probably <laughs> a lot of it. But like, also, like, there is one aspect, like, he's, like, um, there's also this, like, idea that he was bad last year. <laughs> uh, when, when he, like, again, a, a bad year is like a, an ERA barely over I remember three. Like, thinking, I w- it would have been like, Mid aughts, early aughts, and just like, and this is you know, budding baseball fan Jacob, like reading stats books. And I remember looking at um, uh, two players' baseball reference pages and just going, What the hell? Like, how does anyone do a sub one whip? Or, and it was uh, Bob Gibson and uh, Mariona Riviera. And I'm just like, oh. These are superhuman numbers. And Clayton Kershaw is doing those, like, not exactly, obviously, it's 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 a little apples and oranges. You want to say they're exactly the same or better. But doing that amount of how much better he was in his prime, and there are certainly a class of fans that just like, oh yeah, that's just what an ace does is superhuman, legitimately winning an MVP superhuman numbers. Pitchers yeah. don't win MVPs. I know Verlander did. I know Kershaw did it. But that doesn't happen uh, anymore. And he just did it, and it like almost unquestionably did it. So the, there's a couple things where like. He's like you. I think you're right. I, I, I'm going to go back to leaning toward your. I mean, again, it, it all depends, right? There is a giant yeah. swath of them that absolutely are. But I feel like I feel like there's those players where even the smart fans aren't realizing what they have. Um, and I feel like a, enough fans who care and pay attention and aren't overly negative do appreciate it. What percentage of Dodger fans fits into that camp? I don't know. But the ones I care about, that's who they are, and I think I think they get it. So I think too, like uh, you're right about like oh, so for the online era, he's like our our first like start to finish guy. Exactly. Right. Right. Like from literally inception, uh, basically, and then like that's that's kind of special in some way. But then at the same time, we've also seen like um, I think a, ch- a relative change in baseball philosophy where pitchers aren't expected to like last that deep into games now. Um, even like aces still get, you know, they'll, they'll pitch deeper, but not, not like, you know, we're in this era where like he pitched seven innings. Oh my God. What a, what a great quality start. Like you're not going to see a lot of eights and nines, right? Like uh, a a pitcher, even the best ones, like, and you know, that's just different. So like, he's, he's sort of like the net, like all like a sort of a throwback a little bit in some way and and, and, but like but and like also transitioning so but and obviously like if if he ends up and he doesn't win a world series with the dodgers like that's gonna that's that's just always gonna be there there's no getting around that right like obviously 2017 sucks and like (laughs) how it happened like that's probably like why the you could see why like it, it hurt the team so much like why they're so mad about it or why they reacted so viscerally when the when the cheating scandal broke out like because this matters, right? Like it's huge. Like it's like what they play for. So obviously they want to win, and like, but yeah, I think um, I, he's just great. Like there, I just think there's no getting around it. And at the same time, you know, he is a a true like Dodgers legend. But you know, you just hope that that doesn't mean you have to like bring him in in relief in a playoff game uh-huh. this year. So so like that's part of it. Like so. Let him just do. Let him just start uh, however many games he does, and then figure it out from there, right? Like, and then let just let it happen. And like, I think they'll be in like decent shape. But like, I but yeah, all my instinct was because I always try to like balance things out. I think that's probably why I thought maybe they didn't. No, it it was good to push me back a little bit because otherwise I'm just ignoring a large percentage of people who would comment on a Dodger blog. But yeah, I mean, there's literally like talk in the comments right now about like people are trying to like name who they would start. And it's not necessarily who is going to start, but who they would start. And like Kershaw's not in the top two. And that's just like not a, a, anything <laughs> that's based in reality. Like, so like what's, there's no real point of it. That I guess that's, that's probably what got my frustration up. Uh, All right. You ready for your trivia questions? 
Sure. I gotta pull my phone up because I believe Craig texted me the answers because he thinks you would cheat if he was emailed them, and yep. I, I I agree. So here they are. Since Kershaw's speaking of which debut 2008 season, two pitchers have more strikeouts than Kershaw. Can you name them? And bonus, if Eric can guess, say within 50 or so strikeouts, how far Kershaw is behind both of them. That's, um, that's question the first. So the, the the two pitchers are Verlander and Scherzer. Yep. Um, so Scherzer's like, well, they both like sort of wide in the gap, I think. Uh, offhand, I I think Verlander's ahead of Scherzer. Um, so Kershaw's at twenty four ninety three. Um, I would say. I would guess. Don't tell me if I'm wrong on one before I do the other. But I, I would guess. I would guess roughly like 300 behind Verlander, and like and like 125 behind Scherzer. Okay. Um, so Scherzer has more. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, and Verlander so, really? Yes. Uh, Scherzer has uh, 2,731. And Verlander mm-hmm. has twenty six hundred ninety nine two six two sixty nine nine. Okay, so the the okay that's that's good. So okay. uh, Scherzer was almost where I had Verlander pegged in terms of the difference, but yeah, that's that's actually a little bit surprising. I didn't think it was that big of a gap. Okay, uh, the second question: sure. With a minimum of two thousand career innings pitched with the Dodger franchise, Kershaw is one of four Dodger pitchers to have a one twenty ERA plus. Can you name the other three? And another bonus, can you guess the spread between Kershaw's 157 and the next pitcher? Okay, so Koufax is one. Yep. I want to I say he's 131. You are correct. Um, I think Don Drysdale is 121-ish. I, yep. I don't have his ERA plus oh. pulled up, but... Okay. Uh, he is he he's he's there, so yeah. And then um Can you give me the third name? Okay, I was gonna say it's it's I didn't I was gonna ask if it's three others or four others, so it's just one other I uh, I think it's Hershiser. It is not. Oh. I'm gonna give you another guess. Okay. Um wait, and this is uh, okay. This is I'll, I'll give you a big hint. It's it's not just LA Dodgers. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so that is a big hint given this episode. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll have to go with Dazzy Vance. There you go. <laughs> but I, I don't know what he's at. He, I would say like one twenty four ish, probably for uh, him. I don't know. Uh, I'll pull, I'm pulling it. Up you don't, you don't have to. Okay. No, I'm pulling yeah. it up. Um, a one twenty nine. Nice. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Dazzy Vance started this. Started this episode. <laughs> We, I'm gonna rename the episode now. <laughs> the Dazzy Vance podcast. Hmm. All right, let's add old friend Zach Grinky to Kershaw and the answers to two A. Uh, how many times on the ballots will it take for these pitchers to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame? So that's uh, yeah. Grinky, Kershaw, Scherzer, Verlander. Oh, so um, the Kershaw, Verlander, Scherzer are like locked, locked first ballots. Ballot, yeah, <laughs> I, I think Grinky will get into the hall of fame. I, I don't know if he's first ballot only because I'm just, I'm real. He should be right. Like he's, he's the hall of famer in my mind. I don't know what kind of necessarily necessary support he will get, or if it's going to be obviously first ballot, I think he'll get high enough on the first ballot to where he's in within like two or three years tops. But yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to get first ballot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It'll be interesting to see how many it does take just cause he's, He's Zach, right? Like he's just right. like uh, never really stuck with a team. Never really like uh, as always been idiosyncrasious. But man, he's the only likable Astro. He's got that going for him right now. <laughs> yeah, and there's a thing too where like maybe it's a generational thing. Like we're it's probably going to be like seven or eight years until that's even a, a chance to vote for him. So there's probably going to be a little bit more change in the electorate from the writers. Um, Everyone has a Zach Greinke story, and I think a lot of people are like, it's sort of thinking of him fondly. I know there was a lot of like a lot of the, uh, well, he was he it had, was anxious. Like people sort of held that against him for a while, like earlier, earlier. But I, 
I think a lot of that has like gone by the wayside. So I don't know. But yeah, with the uh, was that calling his own pitches? If any of our listeners haven't seen that video, go go Google <laughs> it, look it up. Yeah. The fourth question is: the twenty and eight Dodgers pitching staff currently average eight point seven two strikeouts per nine innings. That would be their lowest rate since the eight point six nine strikeouts they averaged in two thousand fifteen. While neither the bullpen or the starters are striking out a batter per inning, there are four pitchers who have made starts, Ross Stripling, Julio Urias, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin, who all average between 7 and 7.7 strikeouts per nine inning. So for the bet tracker, will any of those four pitchers finish above eight strikeouts or even nine strikeouts per nine by the end of the season? And if so, name those pitchers. So the the sort of one bugaboo about Dustin May is that while his stuff is electric, he doesn't necessarily have a put-away pitch. So that's probably why his strikeouts are a little lower than maybe you might expect. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say of that group, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe, I still feel like he's the most likely candidate. Am I? And you think I'm off on that? I, 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 I think Urias is okay. the most likely but I'm like I'm. I almost want to also put Tony Gonsolin in there. So I'm going to say uh, Urias and Gonsolin. Okay, uh, I'll say May. I'll stick stick with my guns. I you don't right. you don't you weren't convincing enough. So so we finally have like a, a bet where it's like we're not like <laughs> almost the same. That's good. All uh, right. I love it. Uh, is, make sure you add that to the tracker. I'm I'm doing it as we speak. So the final question. So this weekend we are doing a drive-by birthday for um. For Craig, this is Craig talking for his mom. And as a gift for those driving by, I'm getting some mini pies from a local restaurant as part of the cool. gift bag. Now these aren't these are mini pies and not hand pies. So yeah. today's multi-part food question. First one: Are you a fan of small versions of desserts? Um, so small cakes and small pies, but not cupcakes. This is different. Mm. Um, I didn't know this is different, but we'll get you and I will get to talk. Do you prefer one or the other, cakes versus pies, in miniature form? I don't know if that changes anything. And did Craig make the right call by handing out mini pies and pastry tarts instead of cupcakes for this event? I mean, it's a cool thing like to get like a little mini pie like that. Uh, I I don't know. Like I, I I guess I don't. I guess I can't say I've really had a mini pie. I just think it's like it's like a cool thing to get at a party, probably. Um, but. Like if like if I just want a like pie, I would just get a slice, you know, or something mm. like. So that's probably part of it. But like you could do like a little mini tart or something, that's sort of um, similar. So like I'm I'm on board fully with the idea of, of mini pies. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would probably I think I would prefer it over cupcakes. Though I do like cupcakes. They're I can't say I really eat cupcakes a ton. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I'm on, I'm on team mini pie here. I no, I think it's especially good for this as, as a giveaway. Cupcakes are weird in that I love them. And there yeah. was that like weird cupcake craze, like, you know, a decade or so ago. And that's kind of fallen by the wayside, but I really enjoyed that cause I, I really like cupcakes, but they are because of that. And just because they're so ubiquitous kind of overdone. So yeah. I think doing something a little more unique works. And I actually... I'm not the biggest pie fan. Um, I a good wildberry pie is up my alley, but a lot of the more common pies I'm not a big fan of. Uh, but I think I would enjoy it more in a mini form. I think I feel like the uh, the pie to filling ratio would be more up my alley and would be a little bit more eatable, uh, uh, s- similar to a hand pie. But I, I respect Craig not not giving away McDonald's hand pies at a at a birthday thing. So it, it, when I think of hand pies, I, I guess the, the McDonald's apple pie does qualify. But in my head, I'm thinking of the grocery store ones that are yeah. like 50 cents a pop. <laughs> and like, I have to say, I love them. Uh, they're, they're terrible processed food, but like they, they evoke its nostalgia. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sugar rush, you know, like, uh, and they occasionally will hit the spot. Like for those, my go-to was always lemon. Um, I was a big lemon meringue pie growing uh, pie fan growing up, and I guess the other one would be cream filling. Not so much of the chocolate one. Well, I guess the the cherry one is okay, but like I, I always gravitated toward the lemon or the cream. Uh, but I like the the glaze of the the outer part, which is almost like uh, like a hard donut in a way. 
so yeah, I in terms of like gross, unhealthy processed food, the, the mini the hand pies are wonderful. <laughs> so I, I, I'm completely on board. Well, that does it. We've got Man. another uh, week of Dodgers action. Who are they playing this this upcoming week, Eric? So in the weekend review that's coming out Monday, I believe I I labeled this the Royce Clayton gauntlet. But it, <laughs> uh, it very well could be the Benji Molina gauntlet, who played for both the Giants and the Rangers in 2010 uh, when they met in the World Series. Uh, he didn't play for both teams in the World Series, but um, – they're, they have three games in San Francisco, which ends their schedule with the Giants already. And then they That's have weird. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> they, they play three games in, in, at the new Globe Life Field in Texas uh, next weekend. So, yeah, it should be, should be an interesting week. It'll be a grand Thanks. week. Looking forward to it. We'll be back. Uh, we're going to record next weekend, and we'll be back to you then. Talk to you all then. See you later.